Welcome to the Black Women Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast where we encourage and empower Black women to speak their unfiltered truth about life experiences. I am your host, Whitney Sale. Today in the guest chair, we have Dr. Kenan Washington Saidi. Dr. Washington is the third and final guest of our Perspective of a Black Woman series. She'll be speaking on behalf of Black women in their 40s. Dr. Washington is a 43-year-old single woman who was born and raised in San Diego, California. She received a doctorate of psychology with a specialization in executive coaching from University of the Rockies in 2016. Washington also authored a children's book titled The God and Mommy in 2007 and is a member of the Golden Key International Honor Society. Dr. Washington's passion and purpose is to facilitate restoration in the lives of the individuals she encounters. She currently resides in Tempe, Arizona, where she enjoys the companionship of her family and loved ones. When asked the question, what does being a Black woman mean to you? Dr. Washington responded, being a Black woman is to be born of a legacy of love, faith, regalty, beauty, and divinity. Let's welcome Dr. Kenan Washington to the guest chair. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. When I thought about interviewing someone in their 40s, I instantly thought of you because they say that in your 40s, you're just at a point where you just feel so confident. You could just conquer wherever. So I'm excited to have this conversation. There's truth to that, and you're also still very human, but I think you just don't care as much about the little things that you used to care about, so you're more willing to do what you need to do regardless of the background noise. That's what I've learned anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. So how does it feel to be a Black woman in her 40s in the year 2020? Girl, a whole spectrum of emotions arose when I, wrote <laughs> when I read that question, but what came to heart was a lot of hope, a lot of frustration, and everything in between. Sometimes it's just the expectation that you placed on yourself and others have placed on you. You're trying to live up to that, but overwhelmingly an honor to be my ancestor's legacy so I could take for granted the things I take for granted like an education and voting, the things that people died for, so I could just be here and be me. What are three areas you feel Black women in their 40s struggle with and why? Currently, um, the three areas I would say we struggle with is the illusion of having it all. Hmm. Um, I think mental, emotional health is a struggle and coping with life changes as a family. And I think they're all kind of inter connected. And I don't think social media has made it any easier to deal with these things, um, especially like the illusion of having it all. It's very easy to post a caption and a picture of your highest day. And then you have a bunch of other 40 year olds looking like, oh my God, look at everything she's doing. How come I'm not doing that? And regardless of what you've accomplished, you always feel like you can do more. Um, and then you're dealing with life changes in family. Like I'm a single woman with no children, but a lot of my friends in their 40s, their children are leaving high school. They're turning 20. They're dealing with teenage issues. And then your parents are getting older. So you're dealing with them 
possibly passing or dealing with um, health issues and which can affect your mental and emotional health if you don't take the time to take care of yourself as you're taking care of the world. Yeah, we've been in my previous interviews, we've been talking about social media and how it's showing instant success and people aren't posting the failures. So I'm glad to see that commonality between the age range because I think social media is helpful, but at the same time, it's hurtful. Absolutely. And if, well, I think it's a tool and I think we have let social media use us and we're not using it as a tool it was meant to be. That's true. What are three areas you feel Black women in their 40s are successful with and why? I think we have rocked in being the most educated group in the U.S. I think our entrepreneurial ventures are really like top right now. And I think we're also doing much better currently with building communities. Um, I've noticed that trend where a lot of my peers are like building groups support groups or just groups to do something together to make a difference in a community. Um, And I think it just comes back to, I find that the struggle is where you're the most developed. And I think we have been the lowest group in the U.S. for the longest time, the most overlooked. And now we're like, "Um, no, you're going to notice me. You're going to look at me and I'm going to prove you wrong. (laughs) Everything that you might've said that I can't do, I'm going to do it. So I really see us as being powerhouses Um, right now as it pertains to education and entrepreneurial ventures and building a community. Yeah, we're definitely creating our own lanes and we're trailblazing because we haven't seen much representation of us. And that's what I'm loving because I'm noticing the community trend too. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful, I think it's more pure than it started off because at first I kind of was turned off because it seemed like it was just more catty, cat, like just being catty, sitting around and judging people. But I really do see that people are like really opening up their hearts now. And you might not be as educated or as advanced I am in this area, but I, we also know that there's something that you can teach me too. And it's just really empowering. I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. Yeah, I think once we got rid of the, the brunches, as I like to say, and the social <laughs> gatherings that... We're leading to nothing and really started focusing on the issues that matter and more of being relatable than just like a cool group to hang out with. I think that's when that shift changed. I noticed the same too. And I'm excited about that. I really am. How do you feel society in 2020 views Black women in their 40s? And also, how do you think Black women in their 40s view each other? Um, society is noticing us, but like I said, I think we haven't given them a choice, but my fear is I think society, especially like pop culture overall right now is more viewing us as a novelty, um, which is great. I mean, we are the style icons and we are the creative leaders right now, but the thing with novelties is once they're not new, they wear off and (laughs) people tend to just put you back in a little box and move on to the next exciting thing. So I think as Black women, we have to make sure what we're doing, as you said, is not just overnight. I think we need to really embrace the process of the things we're building so our root system is there so we won't just fall off and they can move on to the next hip, fun thing. 
as I stated earlier, I think it's getting a little better, but I still do feel like back to social media competitive. Um, other 40-year-old Black women, I think we still mm-hmm. can get stuck in the competitive nature. Um, and it's based on that one picture of a perfect day. And you can either use that to inspire you, which it can do, because my other answer is inspiration, or you can um, use it to make you feel competitive. And there's really no gain when you're in competition with someone else because there's no competition with you and anybody else. (laughs) Your competition is with yourself. So hopefully we're moving more towards the inspiration aspect of it and leaving the competitive, but women, we're kind of different. It's kind of hard sometimes, but I think we can do it if we would just change our perspective and say, I'm not looking at you to try to see how you're better than me or I'm, or I'm better than you. I'm looking to you to get inspired so I can see what I can do in my lane. And then we can come together and reach more people because what you're good at, I'm not good at. And what I'm good at, you're not good at. Or did I say that right? What you're good at? The whole point is. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and then we can build. You know what I mean? We could come together and have 10 people working on something that, like you said, we're all in our own creative lanes, but then we're taking 10 lanes versus the one lane. Right. So for women in their 40s, do you think they're they're competitive because they're more self-critical now that they've been around for about well, they you know they went through their twenties and their thirties and forties are supposed to be different. Do you think they're more self-critical in their forties versus like your twenties and your thirties? Um, what's different in your forties is you're kind of over the hump and you have these four decades of what have I accomplished? Because right now society tells you, and I deal with this a lot. Like I said, I'm a single woman without kids, but I really focused on my education. Um, but there are times when I look at my friends and they have their families and working on their grandkids now, girl. And <laughs> sometimes I'm sitting there like, oh man, you know, I missed that. I, I, I didn't do something and it's my fault. I should have went on more dates, you know? So it's kind of like that of what I don't have, I should have because she has it. Okay. So you can kind of in, internalize it, you know, mm-hmm. and then it, it could make you, view other people down to try to make you look feel better to yourself that's where the competitive comes in that's really what i believe competition is anyway is okay. yeah people trying to view themselves differently so they have to find something that's wrong with you so for 40 year olds you're saying it's more of like life competitive where i feel like in our 30s we're more like career competitive right at 40 okay. it's life competitive what have I accomplished? Sense. What have I built? Why isn't it like on the side of my name on the side of a building right now? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. But people are doing it. You know what I mean? You see people right. who are like doing that, and you're like, oh, no. Takes you take nothing in consideration if that's even what you want to do. It's just <laughs> she right. <did> it. <laughs> exactly. It you may know? not even be your path, but exactly. you see it. Okay, that makes sense. How do Black women in their 40s define success, and do you agree or disagree with this viewpoint? Yeah, um, right now I'm seeing an overwhelming sense of um, sleep when you die, do it all, (laughs) and I'm like, that is the dumbest statement and the dumbest outlook ever. (laughs) Like I said, it goes back to mental illness. 
Right. You um, sleep deprivation, first of all, will damage you physically, emotionally, and mentally. So I do not agree with that. And I think what we're doing is just, I've heard somebody else say it, but I think what we're doing is promoting a workaholic mentality. Mm. And it's just another, it's just another um, ailment. You're producing something that's imbalanced and unhealthy. Um, So no, I don't agree with that. I really do believe that we need to consider the whole picture and yes, work. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, Oh, sit around and do nothing. But I do believe that you have to have days where you go out in nature, sit and watch the ocean. It might not, you might not have made a thousand dollars that day, but you've built yourself up eternally, especially black women in their forties, because at this point you are giving more, your parents kind of become your children in some ways. So you have all these people that you're taking care of that you can neglect to take care of yourself, especially if you're just so focused on, you know, I got to build this, this institution and I got to do it now. Forget sleep, forget all that stuff. It, it's just not a healthy, balanced outlook, I don't believe. That's interesting. I would think by 40, you would choose sleep because girl, in your 20s and 30s, you don't sleep. <laughs> girl, no. I'm still mad at myself in kindergarten for crying when they said nap time. I'm like, if I can get a nap, life would be great. But no, you really, and it's, sometimes it's just my um, design. It's just life and we are nurturers, you know, so you do want to nurture everything and everyone, but what you're not, when you're not building yourself up, you're really like, you're affecting the village, Mm. (laughs) you're depleting the village. So I think we can do better. Okay. Because I believe, oh, I was going to say wholeness right now. Mm -hmm. Wholeness is success to me. Okay. That's that's my current definition. And it, it, through time. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't always there, but I really do find wholeness as success. Can you explain what wholeness means in that oh, aspect? Absolutely. That's body, mind, soul centered. So you're not just overly trying to accomplish everything that you feel you need to accomplish. You're taking the moment to sit with your child and have a conversation without social media. You're praying and meditating when you need to pray and meditate. You're dealing with the wounds that we are going to have going through life and not ignoring the hurts that you went through. You're going to therapy if you need to go to therapy. Like you're seeking to be a whole version of yourself and not just being 100% in one area, but you're in your t- in 10% in your other areas. That's not wholeness to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you feel society underestimates about black women in their forties? Well, I think they underestimate our value and that's evident in the gate in the um, wage gap, um, which is oh, why yes. we decided to um, take on be entrepreneurs, but definitely that they don't see us as valuable. And that goes back to history, no excuse, but I do take into consideration the history of the United States. It's in our DNA and people still believe we're cattle. So they're looking at you and even subconsciously, this black woman doesn't know as much as this white man or white woman, you know, Um, that's going to take a lot more work though, but I do believe they undervalue us, but we're creating our own ventures. So we're doing the right thing. Very true. What do you feel is missing from black women being able to create a sense of community within our culture as opposed to separate entities? Um, Acceptance. I think we're lacking in acceptance. 
Mm. Um, I think we can do better. Like, and we've all done it. We've been in a group with our friends and some other woman walks in, we'll say a black woman. And we all do that. I called it the black girl assessment. I hate it, (laughs) (laughs) but we all do it. You know, but it's not fun being on the other end of that black girl assessment because you hear all the judgments in the, you know, so I really do believe that acceptance can be better. Why not look up, see somebody? We already know what you're going through because we we are you. Why not smile? Why not say, girl, I like your hair? Like instead of just looking, assessing and then whispering to one another what you've come up with. Right. So I do believe we can do better in that area. What has been a solution that you thought about to solve the issue? Really um, safe spaces and the community, going back to community. And as I said, invite people from different backgrounds and different walks and different. And this is big today because groupthink is so stupid to me. Have somebody in a room that has a different perspective than you on life. Someone you would normally not talk to. Even if everything that comes out their mouth is something you don't agree with. So (laughs) what? Like, what is this? mentality that if you disagree with me you are now labored a hater I do not get it I always say the most the person I agree with about things the um, less is my mother but I don't love anybody as much as I love that woman so agreement does not equate to valued relationships and enriched relationships agreement is simply I've had an experience. You've had a different experience. It's shaped the way you think about life. Now, if we get down and we have a conversation and you explain why you feel that way, we might come to a middle ground and someone, I might learn something different and you might alter my perspective, but it's not going to happen if we can't just talk and not get so offended when someone says something we don't agree with. I really don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone wants everyone to be on the same side. I feel like we've lost the power in artfully debating and having opinions Girl. because you're right. Like if you have an opinion and it doesn't exist with the majority, then it's a problem. And I'm like, wait, but we grew up with having different opinions is good. And now it's, that's definitely not the case anymore. Yeah. That group think thing, like it's running rampant and it scares me though. Um, I've never seen so many people read a portion of something or even just somebody said something that they read and then all of a sudden 200 people are in agreement based on what you said you read. Nobody goes back and does their own research. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Like I just, uh, that is so (laughs) dangerous to me, but uh, it's dangerous because you can be manipulated and mind controlled. Right. I'm like, do people even read anymore? No, I was real worried. Even this is like off topic, but when it came to Trump, and the whole how the government works. So many people didn't know the right way for impeachment. And I was scared. I was like, did we not learn this in school? Oh, girl. Y'all out there spinning the wrong information with tons of likes, tons of agreement. And then when people tried to educate people, everyone was like, stop being mean. Stop being a hater. I was like, why are we being sensitive about a topic that we've been taught on for years? Because I, I didn't understand that. To hear a perspective that is not their own. Yeah, that's true. What topics do you feel as Black women are considered taboo in our communities? I feel even though we're getting better, I think mental health is still very taboo. Um, Mm. But I think that just comes along with most of us have grown up in church. 
and all mm. you need is Jesus. And if he ain't healed you, it's because you don't got enough faith. Um, right. They don't take into consideration that there's actually chemical imbalances in people's minds sometimes that they actually need help balancing. Yes. So right. Jesus created the doctor that created the medication <laughs> that can help <laughs> you out with that. So I say pray and take your pill. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> um, another one that I feel strongly about, um, I'm learning because I've been here and I feel the um, condemnation that could come with it, just based on what I've experienced was um, this being weak thing. Um, mm. If you go through something in life and you just don't shoulder it and keep it moving, girl, we don't do that. Don't be weak now. You just, she's just so weak. I'm like, what if she is weak? Dang. <laughs> Like life will kick your butt sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> sometimes you need a moment. Like we all just don't get up and keep it rolling. And our, we saw our mothers do forms of that. As we get older, we see, no, they didn't do that too well. We just weren't old enough to realize where they were lacking. We just saw right. them moving. We didn't know that they were crying at two in the morning or drinking too much or doing drugs. You know, so... Mm-hmm. There are moments where you get to be weak and that's okay. Like weakness is not bad. Tears are good. There are 33 different toxins in one teardrop of sad, like sorrow and sadness. They're cleansing. There are, there's a reason for these things, but we have made them so taboo because, and I get the history. We had to keep it moving. But I think now in our generation, we should teach the last generation. Okay. Thank you for getting us here, but let me show you how, to do better now. You get to take a moment. You get to go talk to someone that can just listen to you and don't have no opinion, but just want to make sure that you feel the best about yourself that you can be. I think that's where we need to bridge the gap. Right. Because faith and I always say faith and therapy can coexist. Absolutely. They don't they don't have to not, they don't have to be opposites. And I think that's good. You bring up the point about weakness because I've experienced that in my 30s. What I realized what weakness comes from is we're simply not prepared with the proper tools to handle that situation. And that is the truth in a nutshell. And it's not it's not that you're weak. It's just you don't have the tools yet because you haven't experienced it. And nine times out of 10, maybe your girlfriends haven't or the people you go to for your go-to advice haven't. So I'm like, well, I'm not weak. I'm just not prepared. Yeah, so I, I think we definitely- we definitely need to change that per- that perception, one hundred percent. I agree, and I think we we're overwhelmed, um, and I think that just goes back to saying, okay, I usually have it together, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm just today I, I'm just overwhelmed. There's too much going on, and people sometimes can just be like, okay, girl, but just get over it, keep it pushing. No, no. How about let's take a moment. You know what I mean? Let's right. No, I think I think it's totally okay to be transparent and say I don't have it together. Yes, yes. I think there's nothing wrong with though. that. I feel I like there's. I'm sorry. Uh, there are, oh, it's okay. I feel like there's just more power in being honest and truthful. Like, why lie to impress people? Like, if you're my real friend, I should be able to tell you, like, I don't have it together in this situation. I don't know I'm going to get it together, but I'm going to try to get it together. Right. And you should have a safe space where someone says, girl, I understand or I don't understand, but I will sit with here, sit here with you through it. Let me know what I can do. You know? Absolutely. 
Why do you think Black women struggle to be open and honest about deep issues and experiences that they've had in life? I um, think it goes back to the legacy of secrecy that we have um, mm. in our community, where what happens in this house stays in this house, or hmm. you, go, you go through something and your mom says, okay, but don't tell nobody else that. Um, and we we need to get over that. I'm not saying run and tell everybody business, but it goes back to what we were just saying. Um, it's the fear of being viewed as weak or damaged or not as equal to the girl next to you who went through what she, you, what she went through. And she has a appearance of having it all together where I might be, first of all, I have a different personality set. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to ever filter life the same way as the person next to me. But if I go and I have a breakdown where I'm just like, I just need... I can't do this anymore. And people are like, dang, where she gets, oh my God, she just needs to get it together. So I really do believe we still deal with that. And it's hard because it's hard to find people that, you know what? No, it's not hard. It's just requires more work to find your community that you are accepted in where people will let you have those moments and uplift you and keep it moving. Or we need to get to the point where are we, are we truly like, taking care of ourselves? Like, are we doing the meditation if that's what we need to do? Mm. Um, find ways to help yourself. And even if that is go and pay somebody $200 to go talk to them for a month and make it through that avenue of life. Or they have apps now where it don't even cost that much, but I think we just need to get back to, I am going to be a whole individual at all cost <laughs> in this life. <laughs> Uh, that's that's very true and I just think like it's crazy in 2020 that we're still holding on to that superwoman mentality girl but that's what we were built <laughs> on though think about it true big mama them like yeah when people talk about their big mamas oh girl she handled everything she shot at uncle joe when he was trying to do so and so and she went and got the pregnant girl down the street and all this time while her husband was beating her you know it's just this these sensationalized images of this black woman who took on the world they don't talk about how it caused her to overeat and get diabetes though you know mm -hmm. what i mean they don't talk about the effects of being superwoman but it's just in our communities we are expected to be that woman right i call it the suffering in silence yes no more no more what do you feel is needed for Black women to own their truths and speak freely about the importance of mental health and spiritual growth? Safe spaces. I think we are truly lacking. As I said earlier, though, we're getting to the point where we're trying to create communities, but I still think mm -hmm. we need safe spaces. And maybe people need um, to be anonymous to do it. Like, I think it would be a beautiful thing. Maybe I need to do it, heck, while I'm coming up with it, <laughs> to create a... Uh, <laughs> We use apps for everything. How about an app where, you know what, you can not put your name in, but you can go ahead and say or type whatever you need to say in that moment so you can get it out where there's nobody who's going to um, associate it with their expectation of you. I really believe safe spaces are necessary. And that could be through therapy. I do believe in therapy, but it could be simply a space where, like I said, I go, I sit in a group or whatever, I'm not going to ever see these people again. And I just say what I need to say, say what I'm really feeling, you know, because we know mm -hmm. how to make them 
it sound real pretty when we need to, but say Absolutely. what I'm really feeling, you know, and people will say, girl, I was, I've been there too. Cause most of the time we ain't going through nothing new. <laughs> I know is that's the shocking part is you really don't know until you say it and people are like, oh, I've been through that. And it's like, okay, you see me struggling? Why are you not helping? <laughs> They're like, well, I didn't know you were struggling, girl. You get up, your makeup done. They'll tell yeah. you, you got a good job. You got a husband that loves you, baby on the way. I never thought you, what could you be going through? We do that too. Exactly. <laughs> we do do that. I feel like we cover it with excuses all Don't the time. We? Don't we? How do black women in their 40s view romantic relationships? Is it difficult for women to date, in your opinion? This question, of course, I can only answer for myself and my what I've heard my friends say, but me and um, another of my friends speak on the fact that we are dating the generation of men that did not have fathers. Mm. They were raised by grandmas and mamas. And they tend to come into a relationship wanting you to be an extension of their grandmother and their mother. Um, I, personally speaking, really am looking for equal partnership, which means we balance out each other's weaknesses, strengths overall. But I don't want to be the one that has to figure out how to keep everything together. Nor do I want you to be the one that has to figure out and keep everything together. Um, but I have struggled in the dating and I hate dating. I moved to another, um, state and I said, I'm going to try again. Um, but I, most of the time felt I was sitting and basically apologizing for all my accomplishments. Mm. Like you're the one to ask the question. Like I don't ever lead with my name is Dr. Kenan Washington. That's not who I am. But if we're getting to know each other and in the conversation, it comes up that I got my doctorate or I authored a children's book or whatever I did, or I love to travel, I've been on. And immediately you say, oh, you know, yeah, that's good. But, you know, it's more important that you find somebody. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't do any of this for you. I did it for me, first of all. But yeah, I've spent a lot of time downplaying myself to make sure that I'm not threatening. I'm not too expensive as someone would say i've been mm. told that um i've been told by another black man who i love and his opinion like really helped me he said men look at women and they assign a amount to this woman and he said it's not mm. so much a, a dollar amount he said but how much of myself am i gonna have to give in order to be in a relationship to this woman he said baby girl you're expensive <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that's deep that's so girl, deep girl but that's why i think love, about that but that's why i love talking to men though because they know men you know what i mean they do they know yeah. themselves 100 yeah. and they and don't lie they don't lie they don't make it all pretty and flowery he said you're expensive he said you're gonna have to he said it's gonna take you a minute he said but that don't settle he said i'm just letting you know you're not gonna be out here pulling just pulling them which is not mm. in my personality anyway but yeah um, no, I've not found anyone for keeps. I've had a lot of fun playing. Um, but I've ever said, if I say I do forever, it's going to be someone mm -hmm. who, first of all, I feel like is not intimidated by me and is not trying to make me into the image that they have in their mind. You have to actually get to know me and say that Kenan is who you want. 
do you feel that being in your 40s, I hear just older people dating, I'm married, of course, but just, I feel like people start to settle when they get older. And do you think that's like a sense of being lonely? Like, I hear women will be like, well, I don't really want a man with kids, but at this point, every man got kids. I'm like, no, not every man. I mean, it, there are a lot of men because I feel like by 40, people have had divorces, have had multiple families. So do you feel that settling comes into play or is there something that um, kind of just turns? Okay. And um, I, we could call it settling. I mean, there is a sense of settling. Um, okay. I've told all my friends, if I ever start speaking like that, sock me in the mouth. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's not easy. Like, like I right. said, I look at my friends who are having grandkids. And I'm like, oh, Lord, according to the doctors, I only got one egg left. Um, <laughs> you know, so that is right. a very true pressure if that's what you want for your life. Um, but I can see like it's not it's not easy to decide I'm going to go at this until I meet the person that I'm waiting for. And I think people do go through life and get to a point. I was like, OK, I got what good 20 good years left. If you listen to all that, let me just right. get with someone who. It's not too bad, but just wasn't everything I was looking for. And also, I do believe maybe there are cases where people just have unreasonable expectations. and They learned more about life and realize who they're looking for is not necessarily a fair representation of a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. yeah, because it's the same with us. Like people are looking for this woman. That's not a real woman. It's, it's a mm. conglomerate of images they've seen on TV. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it can be both, but I really do see, and I really could see if I made a choice, I could easily say, okay, he don't have to, because I don't want someone with children. And that's really a big deal to me because mm-hmm. um, I'm a traveler, <laughs> you know, and then yes. a child comes into the picture, you got to right. sit down. I'm just not willing to do that for someone else's child right now. Mm. That's, I know it's a harsh statement, right? No, it's honest. And I feel if more people went that route, we'd have less problems. Yeah, because you can get getting married is so easy. I've been proposed to three times. I realized that early on. I said, it's not getting married. That's the hard thing. It's not. It's marrying someone who will nurture you and you can nurture them that you could actually like like each other after the mm-hmm. honeymoon's over, after you get up. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. And not hard. I'm trying to take hard out of my um, definition. That's mm-hmm. the challenging part that requires more work. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, you have to do the work. <laughs> Being oh, yeah. married almost four years, it's like, even if you try to cheat the work, the work catch you. So yeah, I couldn't imagine. You might as well just, you just dig deep and you go in. And I tell people all the time, like, people be like, well, I'm waiting. I was like, you wait all you want, but you're not ready. You're not prepared for marriage, because there's no class on marriage. I mean, there are classes, but there's nothing in life to prepare you for marriage. Something's yeah. going to come your way. It's really about you and your partnership. And I tell people, like, stop with these relationship memes, because you're going to get frustrated. You're going to cry. Your mate may come perfect in this way, but not the other way. And it's just like you're constantly learning to compromise daily with the same person. So it's not going to be easy. It's not hard, but it's not easy because even though you're married, you're still an individual with your own thoughts and your own brain. 
So we it's hope. collaborating. Look, yeah, we, we hope. hope. We don't let that go. Some people yeah. let that go. <laughs> they do. And you see it, you see it, and you're like, dang. But, you know, I don't think, you know, I love being married, but it definitely has its challenges. But I think people on the outside think it's so much more scarier than it is. That's, you know, thank you for saying thing. that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I definitely really have said uh, relationships are relationships. Right. Um, there is something living with someone and that having to like manage life with them. That scares me because I know me, <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? I know that is right. that whole die daily thing will be keen on because I'm like, I don't want to do that. I've never liked being told what to do, but right. I'm going to enter this, let this person in my life who's going to have the right to tell me, I don't think we should do that right now. And girl, it's even hard for me to say that. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> exactly. That's true. <laughs> That's so true. What are some myths about Black women you think as a community we should unravel? The angry Black woman is one that I think we need to let go of. And I think we've given society too much credit as it pertains to keeping that that going. I think Mm -hmm. that we, (laughs) we are the ones who are empowered to change that. I think we have as a culture, especially as late, we like to be offended. Yeah. We search out offense. I have decided because looking and viewing people who I can see would be titled that angry black person or who have been titled, I'm like, they're they're not an angry black woman. They are just fed up without a way to process through their frustrations and their right. fears. And that's simply it. But I think we can change that simply by saying, and not even saying, because I don't think we need to prove ourselves to anyone. I'm so over that too. But within and among ourselves, like, girl, okay, you've had this experience for a long time and you are just over that. What can we do to get you to the next place? How can we get you to let go of this offense? So every time someone comes into your life that reminds you of that one moment that you've lived, you won't want to like bite their head off, (laughs) cuss them out. You know what I mean? Like, what Mm -hmm. can we do (laughs) to get you over that? that really it's just a wound from at some point in your life. How can we get you over that wound so you can be really at more at peace with yourself? Like, mm-hmm. because there's one thing, the one thing you can't ever lie about is how at peace you are with yourself because people feel it when you walk in the room. True. And if you're in inner turmoil, everywhere you go, every person you talk to, they're going to feel that. And I think that's what's been titled the angry black woman. And I think right. we need to take that narrative and change it and not wait right. for society to do it. I tell people all the time, like, I feel like even as black women, we know which one of us are angry, you know, when it's a deeper issue. I said, the majority of us aren't angry. We just tell the truth without sugarcoating. And that goes, that gets perceived as anger. Right. Because I do that. I'm very, I'm just straight to the point. I don't do a lot. My Mm -hmm. mom always told me, you know, just use more words. I'm like, mom, I'm just concise communicator. Um, Right. So people are like, oh, Kenan, that was harsh. I'm like, no, I just told you the truth. You asked me a question, which I don't know why they asked me questions. They should know by now. <laughs> and I told you the truth. Right. I'll go back. and If I hurt your feelings, don't get me wrong. I will apologize because that was not my intent. But don't ask mm-hmm. me questions where you know you, I'm gonna, Kenan's going to answer the question. <laughs> if you need someone sound- to be more flowery, go find that person in your village. And they'll answer the question in a way that you can digest i am getting better though 
I'm mm-hmm. learning to just not answer questions and just shut up and listen and let people process through. Because generally the answers are with us, within us anyway. And people just want you to sit and hear right. I'm doing better now at 40, but girl, 30s. <laughs> yeah, active listening, but I'm I'm a fan of sometimes fluff don't get it. <laughs> you, you're not getting it. So let's get right to the point because we don't have time to be wasting, but you're right. I feel like most of the time people just want to vent because you could give them all the advice and they still going to do what they want to do anyway. So instead of wasting both our times, you know, that's that's a true skill set to possess. It really is. I got mad at one of my friends. I was like, why are you always so mean? How come you can't just might be nice? And she told me, she said, you don't hear nice. Oh, and, I true. Said, well, and look, I said, well, thank you for the answer. Yeah, that's <laughs> said, true because right. some people don't. I don't hear, I don't hear nice. She, I was like, you're right. That's on me. Let me change that. And see, she kept open and honest. She did. But I need, I need people like that in my life. I don't do fluff. Like, I'm just like, whatever. You don't mean what you're saying. You're just talking right now. What do you feel women in their 40s need help or advice from older Black women? I really do. And hear me out because I know this is going to be construed as, well, who cares? People are going to take what I say and turn it to what they want to hear anyway. I think we have lost our superpower of love. I really do believe that Mm. we as a community basically held the stock in love. We can love the hell out of you and love life into you all at the same time. But I do believe we have gotten more selfish as of late. And I think Mm. we need to go back to some of those, sit with the grandmas and talk to them about relationships and what we're dealing with and let them give us wisdom through love on how to deal relationships. So we just don't cut off everybody. I'm just I'm so, I'm so over that girl. You messing me one time, I can't stand you. I'm cutting you off and moving on. I'm like you're not gonna have anyone left in your life. Oh, everybody you convict is, me. <laughs> no, but no, but for real, everybody is going to everybody worthwhile, and these are people mm-hmm. who hurt you is going to fail you at least five times if you know them in a for a ten year period. Okay. So you're talking about the ones that are actually worth keeping. Yeah, because you haven't caught okay. everybody with me. I'm, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I I'm haven't, yeah, that's true. I have not. <laughs> exactly. But the people that you kept have done stuff to get on your nerves at some point. Right. And so I just read all these, like, I don't got time for you. If you ain't on my level or you don't, da, 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 I'm done with oh, you. Okay. Cutting you off. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that is unhealthy. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. and really it goes back to um, cancel culture, we are not giving people a chance to process through. And it's not fair because somebody gave us a chance to process through. That's true. And I think on that, where you say like, you kind of have to decide, I feel like in your 20s, you have tons of friends and you know, you see the ones that start, it starts dwindling down. So by the time you get to your 30s, you might got about two, three, maybe five if you're special. But I had to realize that like, just because my one friend is not as passionate about what I am, that doesn't mean that they're not my friend. That just means that we have two different lanes, but we're still friends. And I think people don't realize that relationships and friendships are ultimately the same. It's still a type of relationship. It's just a little bit different. You don't want to date them. You don't want to marry them. But it's just like, 
I can appreciate, you know, you have some friends who aren't career oriented. You have right. some friends that aren't family oriented, but that doesn't mean you should cut them off. So I understand when you say people post silly things like your circle don't inspire you, then move. I'm like, okay, I get that if zero people, but I'm like, people inspire you in different ways. Like there's some friends I'm like, you are killing it in the mom world. I aspire to be like you. There's some friends in career, you're killing it in the career world. So I like to have different inspirations. So I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it goes down to definitions. I think we have used, especially now, words don't mean anything to anyone now. So you mm-hmm. said inspire, but I'm like, not you, but the person that posted this, I'm like, but what? how are you defining insp- insp- inspirational? How are you defining it in that moment? Does it mean right. like they have to be the one with their name on the building? Is, mm. is that the level or are you saying, right. how about like, I've had friends who are just the kindest, most generous, most open person that I've ever met. And that inspires me to be kinder in my right. everyday. Like, so yeah, I just, people just use words and don't know what they're really trying to communicate. <laughs> right. But there's something valuable about finding someone in your circle and having a good circle to rely on. Cause I feel like, like you said, as women, that's interesting. You bring that up. I think the black women has gotten a little more selfish just because I feel like we feel like we put everything out there. Nobody gives us anything in return. And it's more of like, you know, plant the seed. You got to watch it grow first before you just cut it off. After one water supply. I battled that in my, and really in my early forties, um, until I realized, wait a minute, I am altering who I am at my core because I'm not getting the praise and approval that I expected to get from the world. And really that's what it came down to. I am overall, I'm really an emotional, sensitive, like, um, empathy is like my number one characteristic, Mm -hmm. um, which means I cry more than most because <laughs> if I see somebody crying, I'm going to cry with them. Like, that's not how I can't control that. But people mm-hmm. are like, oh, my God, you're just too emotional. You need to uh, strengthen up, buck up. In me doing what I felt that they were saying, you know, in me doing that, I realized I was shutting off the part of me that where my treasure lies. The part like I, if I want to shut off my emotional aspect, that means my empathy goes too. Right. So it is a balance. It's a dance. Yes, you it's can't cut it off. That's one thing I love about you the most. So I see, call you my life coach. See, but I just... was getting I was getting hardened though. Right. I was getting hardened and I was on my way to be that quote unquote angry black woman. Like you ain't right. gonna hurt me no more. Nobody gonna hurt me no more. Right. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> no, but you you have a peaceful presence. I think I, I've probably known you over 10 years now. And when I first met you, like, she's so peaceful and calm. It's rare you run across people like that. And you're very non-judgmental. Well, thank you. I feel you. like people can just tell you stuff and, you know, you might be thinking something in your head, but your face never shows it. Oh, girl, you look, you teach me about myself because I'll be like, oh, Lord, don't let my face be saying what I'm thinking. Jesus, Jesus. No, Help me, yeah. Lord. <laughs> Very open and receptive. I've seen people just kind of just lay it on you and you'll be like, you'll have so much insight and wisdom to give. And that's I was like, that's a life coach. <laughs> 
I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) What are some issues or experiences you wish older generations of Black women would have passed down knowledge on? Um, I think we need our grandmothers, um, especially at 40, uh, especially like I, I about gave up not like to take my life or anything, but look, I was just going to sit down and be like, forget it, um, to deal with the transitions that come at this age. And that, that same mm-hmm. guy that told me that um, I'm expensive also, I was in my early 30s. He was like, 40s are hard. And I was like, what do you mean? I heard you just really don't care about what people think you do. He said, yeah, but what they don't tell you is your mom and them start dying. Mm. <laughs> your family, loved ones start getting sick and just leaving you and he said, that's an area of life that you really can't be prepared to handle because it wasn't meant to be. You know what I mean? When we were created by God, we were created to be eternal. Sin came in and so did death. So that's why death is always a shock to us, even though we know eventually, you know, there's only one way out here. But it is something that I think an older generation would really be able to rock us through if we still had those type of grandmothers that but like mm-hmm. I, I didn't really get to know my grandparents, and I I miss that aspect of them. They'd be like, "Girl, you know he's not he's gonna come. He might go, but you know you'll make it. You just got you know just help you through that because it's rough. Like my brother has MS, and my dad's in a um, had stroke, so he lives in a rehabil- rehabilitation center now, and it about took me out. Like I literally mm-hmm. had to move to another state so I can ha- take time for myself and get recentered because in it. I'm trying to accommodate everybody mm. to the point that I was like, I gained 50 pounds and I was drinking too much, like just really not healthy, but mm. I didn't have the space to heal because I was sitting in and surrounded by mourning these people who are still alive, basically. So I did the selfish thing and I was like, okay, at some point I can't help them if I'm not healthy. I'm on, I got to go and get healthy. So I talked to my mom about it and because I, I left her in it. I felt bad about that, but she understood. I'm like, mom, I gave you 42 years of life. I need to go and <laughs> make sure I don't leave her too soon, mama. So literally right. a month, a month this week I left and I wish I would have a older person who can like, who's been through that, who can speak to that and just give you nuggets of wisdom to help you. Do you think the move has helped you? I have learned so much about myself Mm. in this move. I feel more centered. I gave myself a month just to get settled, um, you know, on the outside. But this next month is going to be my inter. Okay, let's really do the spiritual work now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really... It's going to be up to me. Don't get me wrong. The move, I came with me, but I think um, not being so surrounded by it and working all week and then my mom coming looking strained. I'm saying what the doctor said, you know, just that aspect of it. I needed to just exist in my mm-hmm. own being for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's helped in that way. There's peace in my house. My brother came. He said, your house is so comfortable. There's so much peace here. My mom, I lived with my mother. She likes noise. So as soon as she got home, (laughs) noise. So I never really was able to go to peace, you know? And that's just personality. So I control my mind here and it's a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I'm like you. My 
my sisters, I don't know if they understand, but I like a peaceful, quiet home. And maybe because I haven't had kids yet, I'm about to give that up. But and they call um, you boring. Did they call you boring? <laughs> no, they don't call me boring. But I'm I'm really one of those people that like I'm very I have a spirit of discernment. So everybody can't just come in my house and kick it. Like right. the, I don't want all these spirits. Not saying that they exist, but it's just like you know when you're at home, that should be your peace. That's where you recharge. You know, I just love spending time just me and my husband. Like you can come visit. Can you stay for a really long time? Maybe not that long, <laughs> but you know, like I definitely like company. But it's just like some people they always have to have someone in their house, or they always have to have something going on. And I'm like, I could sit in silence and be like, this is the best two hours. And I'm right learning now. that that is absolutely okay. Absolutely, yeah. I've always been that way. I was like, ooh, growing up with four siblings, like maybe I was just like, I just like quietness. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. It probably is that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you could ask three questions to a black woman over 50, what would it be? If I could ask them three questions. Mm-hmm. I, I love the questions of what would you tell your younger self or my age, you know? Okay. Because it comes with hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Um, I would ask them, how do you take time for yourself? Like, what? how did you do that without feeling guilty? Because really, that's a big deal. Especially with people with kids. I found that mothers, Lord, that mother guilt is the most stupid thing in the world, but it's real. Like, mm. my friends have called me just crying because they had to tell their disrespectful, damn near went to jail child, no. Like, mm. I'm like, okay, she said, but you don't understand, you know? All, but I'm like, I don't understand. I'm sorry, I don't. But what I do know is <laughs> mm, yeah. that boundaries, you know. Um, so I really would want to know that. And I do plan on being married and having kids. So I am all open, which I was listening to you very attentively when you're talking about marriage. <laughs> I was very, I'm all open and like, okay, how do you, how do you know when to, you've given enough of yourself so you don't get lost in the titles and the role, because mm. I think we do that just through life. But when you're married and you're a mother, like I, I seen that it's almost so natural that you don't even realize you're doing it until mm. I show up. Because I am that friend. I have done it. My friend had a baby and I went and she had on a dirty baggy t-shirt. Her shoes were untied and her hair was uncombed. Mm. And I dragged her to her aunt's bathroom. I said, what the heck is wrong with you? Why do you look mm. like this? And she kind of said, my kids, this, my kids. And I said, no, 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 no. Never again will you look like this. She tells me about it all the time because it helped her. Somebody cared enough to say you matter, you know? Right. And I think that's part of the reason. But you're right. You definitely get caught up being a wife. It's like a new stage. You get caught up in the new stage. So then. Yeah, yeah. But there's moments where you have your breakthrough. I'll do I'll do some episodes on that when you have your breakthrough. And like, hey, that's enough of that. So <laughs> I have to interview on the mom part, but I can definitely tell you on the wife part. Like, oh, that's enough of that. Thank God. That's what I want to yeah. hear. <laughs> so it's all about changing patterns and behaviors. And that's that's deeper than most people know how much how you interact with your mate and how you start from the beginning and how things process. 
because you know sometimes people want to be upset and i'm like you have to understand this is how you started the relationship so you can't get mad at your mate when you change it up and they're like no my mom so. told me that actually she said the way you start is what they're going to expect through the whole oh absolutely she said, so when you're in that pretty stage and all that oh it's okay i don't mind she said no you better start telling letting them know who you are then right because there's only one thing i don't mind and that's doing laundry everything <laughs> else everything else we got opinions on <laughs> everything else <laughs> Ain't that real? <laughs> right. So we have some bonus questions from the 30s episode. So I wanted to see if you wanted to take a crack at answering them. It's only three. Okay. But the first one is, how have you made it thus far being in a world that is constantly against you? And what has allowed you to keep your sanity? So that's like all in one. What I have done is surround myself with people who are for me Mm. and the rest has become background noise. If I go on social media and it's overwhelmingly talking about how I'm hated because of my skin color, I don't go, I stay off social media for, Mm. for that day because that stuff feeds your spirit and what you look for, you will find. So it's true. I surround myself with people who are for me and I don't just hang around with one type of person. I'm very, Mm. people call me global. I have friends who are (laughs) Caribbean. I have friends who are like from every walk of life because I need to see that there is more to the world than what is being presented. Travel, Mm. travel has kept me sane. When I went out of the country and I was just, just called American It changed my life. I'm more than just a black woman in America. (laughs) Mm, That's good advice. I think people do need to travel and see the world more because not every culture is like America. Right. Right. Don't get me wrong. I love America. Right. Same. (laughs) But we got issues. You need to see see that that's just not worldwide. That's not global. That's American issue. And just that there's another way of life. Like, so many different countries have so many different policies just on things on like healthcare, maternity leave, like yeah, just they're so more open minded and you're like, I would move if I could. Yeah. I'd get up and leave. That's and then some places are just breathtaking that a photo can't do justice. Girl, tell me, and I haven't traveled enough, but that's um yeah. It's just very different. And it changes you. When you see, it changes you. And I think you're able Mm -hmm. to uh, deal with your reality better when you know this is just in this moment. It's not like forever. It's not everywhere. What was one thing you learned in your 30s that you feel was pivotal in shaping the rest of your years thus far? That I could say no. And I remember the day, especially to my mama. Because you know, mamas are something else. (laughs) Love that woman though, but um, she had asked right. me something and it was damaging, but it was a survival mechanism. Um, my dad wasn't doing what he needed to do, and it was known that I was his heart, so I can kind of get him to do things that nobody else could. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, he would prove a point to her and he would tell me no, but that was that was harmful to me. So I remember walking to uh class, and my mom called me to do it again, and I had just turned 30. And something mm-hmm. in me rose up and I said, you know what? I'm not doing that no more. That is harmful. And she kind of got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, okay. But I was like, yeah. when I, if I could tell Dolores Marino, 
I can handle the world. Yeah. No is so powerful. And I didn't realize how so many people struggle with saying no. You'd think it'd be easy. Because I grew up hearing no all the time from my mom. But <laughs> I was like, she, that's one of her favorite words is no. But the power behind no, especially when it comes to your peace, is a, is a whole nother level. It is. And it's an art to it. But it is. I would say learn how to say no as soon as you can. Without feeling like you're offending the other person. Right. And you might, they might feel that way, but if they're true to you and like one of that real friends, they'll come and let you know that kind of hurt my feelings, but I get it. You know, people mm. are going to, people are like, what we do is going to elicit an emotion. I think we just need right. to get over the fact that people are emotional and different things trigger emotion. It's okay. But yeah. for my health and my well being, I need to say no. And the last question was, is there anything you would redo in this lifetime that would have reshaped your future? I would have gotten therapy sooner. I think I Mm. suffered longer than I had to. Yeah. In areas, but that just wasn't what was taught, you know, but then when it did become um, apparent, I should have taken advantage of it, but I didn't. I kind of, tied into I got Jesus which I do mm-hmm. I think even Jesus was like girl can you go get in therapy right <laughs> oh I'm a big fan of therapy so yeah I feel like you know a lot of people think I don't know what this perception of therapy is but I was like you know you can go to therapy and be completely fine I was like yeah. it just brings new ideas it gives you proper tools that you don't even realize like you don't have and, and you just build on those skills. And it changes the narrative that you speak to yourself daily without even knowing that you so are. True. <laughs> it's like Yeah, self-sabotage is real. And I don't girl. think people understand that. Yeah. How how you speak over your life teaches you how to train your thoughts. Because nine times out of ten, you're you want to go negative before you even go positive. Yeah, when I found out that your brain is um, altered with negative thoughts. That create that you create grooves in your brain that go quickly to negative just because you're so used to thinking negatively. I right. was like, that changed my whole life. I'm like, so I'm not even really thinking negative. I have just trained my brain to go negative. That's true. So the last question, what do you love about being a black woman in her forties? I love the sense of self that I or am I'm developing? I really do. I really do believe that there's. This is gonna sound so conceited, but there's no other race that I would have rather been. There is a wealth that we have, a richness in us, just in our presence. Like, mm-hmm. and I think if we can tap into that, even if it's a silent, like in a silent way, we would alter so many rooms. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that about us. I love it. Before I saw Wakanda, I knew that we were the most beautiful women in the world. Like, I just, I just knew. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's a positive note to end this interview on. Thank you so much for coming to the guest chair. This was very insightful got a little bit of conviction but it i think <laughs> this might be one of my favorite episodes because of the wealth of knowledge that you have 
So thank you so much for coming to the guest chair. Thank you for having me. I love it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Black Woman Unfiltered podcast. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram at Black Women Unfiltered Podcast. Also, check out our website at www.blackwomenunfiltered.net for weekly blog posts and episode recaps written by our host, Whitney. If today's episode reached you or you know someone who could learn something from it, please click subscribe and share this podcast episode. See you guys next week.